Tom Newman here with a Fat Tail Investment Podcast. And I've got another great guest for you today. Uh, his name's Peter Backer, a.k.a. Chewy, uh, which is his nickname, uh, who builds uh, algorithms to trade the market. And I've been following, uh, he did one for Fat Tail uh, Investment Research uh, last year at launch. Maybe it was even earlier. I can't remember now. But anyway, I've been following it the whole time. It's a really interesting uh, operation and it's very helpful in, in determining your risk in the market and, and, and all sorts of uh, things about what's going on in the economy and the world. So we're going to get Peter on to tell us today about what the algo uh, is saying uh, and a little chat about uh, crypto too. So he's fairly secretive about what goes into the algo, but I must admit I did drop into the office the other day and I did see a very interesting character there. I took some footage on my iPhone of him. Um, just a bit, just got a short bit before, I, before he saw me recording him. So uh, let me show you that to you now. Ooh, input. Hound of the Baskervilles. I think the chauffeur did it. He did. And as you can see, that's a very complicated bit of machinery that Peter's put together there. Hence why we call, well, I call the algo Johnny Five. Um, <laughs> I can't say for certain that that's what's behind the algo, but I suspect it's true. Um, now, Peter uh, has been building algos since uh, uh, at least the last 10 years. I think he's been in the markets for 20 years. So he's a very experienced operator. Uh, and as you'll learn in this conversation, not only is he uh, trading US stocks, US markets, uh, Australia, he's now moving into crypto as well. So it's a really interesting discussion. So here he is, Peter Backer, aka Chewy. Alrighty, here he is, the famous Chewy, Chewy Chewbacca. Um, famous, famous. I don't know about that, uh, Callum. <laughs> famous on certain forums. <laughs> I wanted to get you on to talk about your algo, your algorithm. It's a um, fascinating uh, thing that you've built. And obviously, algorithmic uh, trading has become a bigger part of the market. Mm-hmm. Before we dig into today's market and how you view things and how the algo sees things, um, can you tell us what were, you, what were your goals when you built this algo? What's it designed to do? Well, the main, the main thing that uh, the algo is designed to do to determine whether you should be in or out of market. And, um, you know, what algorithms, when they are built with AI and, and machine learning, they basically try to find the probability of a crash or the probability of no crash. Uh, so you can uh, have a hypothesis two ways. And so this algorithm primarily says you should be in or you should be out of market. And it does that based on the um, the metal complex. So in the, all the metals you can uh, divide in productive or hedging metals. And productive metals like aluminium, steel, copper, etc. They they tend to move with the market plus supply and demand. And the hedging metals, they usually uh, get a kick when the market is stressed, right? Um, so that's that's the, the main thing. Uh, normally, a risk off means go to bonds. 
which is at the moment not such a good idea. Well, we'll come come back to a little bit, but as far as I know, that it has three settings. It's either one hundred percent equities, one hundred percent cash. Oh, sorry, there's one hundred percent bonds or a mix of those two. Yeah, right? so, so basically, it's a, officially it has six of them, right? So one hundred percent cash and then sixty forty bonds uh, equity, forty sixty bonds equity, one hundred percent bonds, one hundred percent equity or um, or there's another mode that I don't know, I, I don't really use, but it's where you go levered, but yeah. <laughs> okay, and I would say for a long time now, probably even since you launched first uh, the service, um, the rarely has the algo been 100% shares. Is that fair to say? Yeah, there's, there was a small period in last, um, I think, July that it was 100% shares. Um, but that was a very short period. Yeah, the the um, when you go 100% shares, you have to basically make sure that first the uh, volatility complex, so uh, the stress is very low. And secondly, you want to make sure that the, um, the economy is zooming. And zooming means a lot of things, right? It means uh, that the interest rates are stable, that the uh, rates of the, uh, the growth rates of the metals are steady, the growth rates of, uh, of the economy are steady. So basically Goldilocks, right? But yeah, problem with Goldilocks in uh, the last 10 years is that Goldilocks is um, a lot distorted by the Federal Reserve and other um, other banks, right? But, well, I'm just thinking here, the Aussie market peaked in August last year. And mm. I mean, if you look at it since, there's been lots of ups and downs in between, but it's basically gone nowhere. So the, the algo has been right. Um, yeah. And I'm going to call the algo Johnny Five. Uh, just to give it a name, <laughs> if you remember <laughs> that movie. Um, so Johnny Five got it right. I remember you said once that the Algo was built. You built it, I think, was it about eight years ago? So it was built for a disinflationary world at that time. Yes. yes. Now suddenly we find ourselves in an inflationary world. Correct. Do you think that's problematic for the way you built it or it will adjust to the market as it as it runs? Well, it will adjust because it always looks at it. it looks at the the whole complex of data, right? So it will adjust. But uh, the states, it will still try to make the states uh, one out of six, right? And that means that yes, it will adjust. But some things do not adjust. If you look at, uh, for example, the gold ratio and its um, and its correlation to uh, bonds. That correlation is there for the last 40, 50 years. That won't just go away. That was also still valid in the in the in the seventies. So, you know, some 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 things in the world are not fixed correlations, but they tend to correlate back to the to the uh, the ratio at it did have at one point and even when there was a huge discharges in the 70s where we left the gold standard 
it still, in the end, yeah, the correlation went away, but then the correlation came back a few years later. So um, the disinflationary world only means that your risk off you have to treat very differently. So, for example, now I say to the subscribers and, and also in my own portfolios, I do not buy straight bonds, but I still buy bonds, but I buy different types of bonds. So either I buy tips, uh, which are inflation protected bonds, or I use a uh, ETF called Riser, R-I-S-R. And that's basically a set of uh, short-term treasury and floating rate mortgages. And that thing, I bought it at 28, now it's at 31. Uh, while the market went down and so yeah you have to be flexible in the instrument you take but i do believe that grosso modo the algorithm is very good at finding when you should take risk and when you should take risk off and now we're still risk off it does seem interesting as an outsider observer because bonds have been getting butchered lately in the u.s the at least the 10-year one as far as i know yeah um and yet it it's buying bonds and you're making money. How is that making sense? Yeah, no, no, that's true. So, 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 so bonds, bonds are are extremely complex complex instruments, uh, and um, it is because there's not only the interest rates, which is you have to contend with, but also the duration of the bond. So, when the interest rates go up, uh, everybody knows bonds go down, but that's only because the other factor is fixed, the interest rate of the bond itself. So when the relative interest rate changes, something has to change to become in balance again, and that's the valuation of the bond. So when now the interest goes up, um, the interest rate of the fixed bond, fixed interest bond is fixed. So the only thing that can change is the valuation of the bond to make artificially the interest go up, yeah? because when the bond goes down, your yep. yield goes up. Well, then there's other types of bonds. There's floating rate bonds. So, for example, mortgage bonds. So that's why some REITs are now a very good uh, way to hedge yourself against the rising market, because REITs usually have floating rate mortgages as, as part of their uh, portfolio. And so when the interest rate goes up, and also the rate of the markets go, go, goes up. So the relative impact on the price will be close to zero or actually positive. So that's that's basically the, the trick. The other, the other one is um, the expectation of inflation, right? Um, so you can protect yourself a little bit to the tips, uh, which adjust to the inflation. But at the moment, the, the inflation is already in the US is already seven, eight percent, right? And uh, my friends in the U.S. say seven, eight percent is the official rate, but if you go to the store, it's more than ten percent. Um, so that means that that the only way to project yourself in a risk-off signal is to go to a more flexible bond instrument or cash. But when you built the algo, so often we hear about. Um if you want to go risk off, as you call it, like defensive or whatever, mm -hmm. there's an argument for gold, especially in the invasion, uh, inflationary environment. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did you ever consider Johnny Five having a gold allocation? Yeah, Johnny Five had uh, in his originally uh, uh, version had a gold allocation, twenty uh, percent in risk off. But um, although that has a very good influence, you make it also complex for people to follow. So uh, then we decided at one point uh, we back tested without the gold and that worked fine. Um, I would say gold is gold is gold, right? Um, I would always go for if if I were uh, running a my own fund with this, then I would go for a complex that is partly. Um, floating rate bonds and commodities because commodities in a in a uh, in inflationary environment will always uh, survive and you have land so i i was lucky enough to also in my portfolio to buy land land uh, a while back that's now 75% up just because land values in general um are pretty sturdy when it comes to inflationary effects. So yes, land value. Um, gold is um, is a strange beast because personally, I am actually quite amazed by the movement of gold in the last year. I would have expected, or actually in the last two years, I would have expected it to be a little bit more bullish. Um, and it it is not so yeah you know do you think crypt, uh, crypto might be a part of that story as in taking away some of the demand that might have eventuated there or just it's one of those market mysteries for the moment i would say i would say uh, i would say that's one of the market mysteries because if you look at there's a hundred trillion dollars now in um asset management funds right that's a massive amount uh all the crypto market together is just shy of two trillion so, yeah, um, uh, probably you have the right number, but I remember the gold market to be about eight tr- trillion. Is I think so. I can't trillion? say for certain, but it's, yeah, it's pretty So good. I don't think uh, an asset class that has penetrated 10% of the population so far uh, and that is two trillion can have a lot of influence on a market that is... Yeah, four times as big, or on the other side uh, is 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 fifty times as big. So I don't I don't think crypto has anything to do with it. Besides crypto, if you want to go risk off in crypto, you basically are yield farming, right? Well, just right. Are you building algos for crypto? Yes, I do. Yeah, you've already got one out there. Uh, I have. I've quite a few fun ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so crypto is a very, very interesting asset class because it's, um, it, it has um, all the properties of the normal asset market, but it moves far quicker. Um, but it also has a lot of innovation that you didn't see in the in the real world, like um, aside from the custodian part, right? So that you can be your own bank which personally I think most people don't care about. But um, the the fact that you can have um, banks built on a, on a blockchain uh, instead of a big 
building with a lot of old gray men in there. That's very interesting, I think. And 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 but yeah, now you see all these yield farming uh, in in DeFi, all these yield farming um, protocols, and it's very interesting because they seem to yield higher than would be normal, normal in the economy. So there must be something going on there with leverage and re-leverage, etc., etc. With your Johnny Five, your regular AS, well, US stock yeah. market bond uh, algo, you're teeing off copper and gold and and yeah. things that are, or at least partly rooted in the, in the economy. With your crypto one, it's its own little world. It, those traditional metrics, I presume, don't work in that world. So what are you teeing off a little bit? Momentum, volume, or? Yeah, so uh, I, I, um, I use a lot of what they call uh, on-chain data, right? So you can read a lot of about the, the markets because the blockchain is completely transparent. So you can see, uh, for, for example, Callum, you can, if, if I would, if, if I would want to know how many people in your service, for example, are in profit, I have to interview them one by one. Right? And then I have to assume that they tell me the truth. But in the blockchain, I can see who is in profit. I saw when they bought it, I saw when this, when, when what their holding is. So there's a lot of th- a lot of things you know that you do not have to guess anymore. And so, yes, the algorithms on the blockchain were completely different. One of the things that I'm doing, which uh, starts slowly to decay in terms of performance, is uh, uh, in the option market in crypto, uh, there's a lot of amateurs. And so it's very easy to um, sell. Take their money? Sorry, say again. I laughed over the top of your answer. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, no, but but so you can buy and sell premium uh, in the option market very easily, and which yields uh, quite a bit. So so there's there's a lot of things going on in crypto that you can abuse, but usually we work a lot with machine learning and uh, AI, and we look at the patterns we find in the option on-chain data and in the off-chain data. So now um, you can also, what I'm now working on is actually um, a, um, because all the projects in crypto, they are dependent. They're dependent on each other. And uh, so Link, for example, is an oracle, right? So uh, um, if you see how many people are connected to Link and how many people, are, how many projects are using Link as their oracle that you can see something about the progress of Link. The same you can see in Matic and the same you can see in Engine, etc, etc. And so in the end, what you can do is you build a big graph of all the projects you can find and you see what the dependencies are. In the in the normal economy, that's done uh, in banks. So uh, the the RBA, for example, they map with the banks the dependencies on a, a bankruptcy, for example, from a big builder. Or suppose Mervac goes under, 
what will happen then, right? Um, and then what they basically do is they make a large dependency graph and they say, okay, if this bond will fall over, then this bond will fall over, and then this company goes bankrupt, and then this bank is exposed, etc., etc. Well, in, in crypto, you can see that live and direct happening all the time. And, and so the algorithms are, are far more complex, um, but also um, I've seen that, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of dirty data out there. Um, uh, a lot of wash trades. Uh, you know what wash trades are? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like when they put it through and then buy it back, kind of thing, right? And... Yeah, they basically become their own market maker, right? They become their own liquidity pro provider, which is is forbidden in in uh, in in a normal eco economy, but in crypto, it's still allowed. I'm just thinking in terms of your exposure though, like crypto is obviously higher risk. So is there a limit to how much you'd put on that algo just in terms of yeah. uh, position sizing? Yeah. Like it's one thing yeah, to I, put, you know, 500,000 in a bond fund compared to the crypto market. Yeah. I presume. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, it, it depends on a lot of things also. Your age, right? I'm, a, I'm an old fart. I have glasses, gray hair. So, uh, you know, you, you, you have to. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, but um, no, the the how I see this is a as a pyramid. I mean, I'm 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 moving away from a barbell theory because barbells are hard to explain. Now I'm in a theory that is a pyramid, and okay. the base of the pyramid is normally is is very steady at the stuff. So your house is in there, uh, also bonds. And then you have a layer upon it that is, uh, for example, stocks, and you have you can have layers in it. So you say, well, there's the, the dividend-paying West Farmer stocks, or you have the more um, uh, smaller uh, Appen and uh, Afterpay or Block uh, stuff. But um, and then you go up the the pyramid, and you, for example, can have some money you invest in startups. Uh, through virtual or through one of the other crowd equity uh, things. And then on the top is crypto for me. And it's a small exposure. It's a small exposure. And the, 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 the hardest thing about a small exposure that is successful is when do you rebalance? Because at one point, this triangle will be creeped down and become a big part of your wealth, uh, which you, if you are sanguine you don't want to have it too much in yeah i mean it's just too volatile right so volatility and in, in the end can kill you there's a metric uh quants always follows this is a daily value at risk and if you put uh that for, for formula in the crypto world then the daily value at risk is like 12 percent so it's reasonably to to lose 12 percent in a day Oh yeah, in a normal stock market, that's not really reasonable. It's like one point two percent. And just, do you have any? Uh, we when you first launched Johnny Five, um, <laughs> you said that you could have sold it to the hedge fund, right? But you wanted to give it to retail investors and and help them along. Do you have any plans to launch a crypto version of Johnny Five 
to anyone that might be interested, i.e. the listeners of this podcast? Uh, yes, I'm, 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 uh, I'm toying with the idea, yeah, because because it's um, it's actually very accessible. We we uh, I'm trying it now with a few things, and and it's very accessible. Um, so yeah, I'm playing with the idea, but but on the on the other hand, um, the the crypto industry, although people think oh it's so big and billions go left and right, in the end it's not so big. In the end, if the, the, the what you call the parcels, so if you look at the order book in, in crypto, the parcels itself are very small. So what often happens is that if you do an order with a whole group, so suppose we, we get a thousand subscribers and they all start to do the same thing. You'll move the market. Then you move the market. So that's basically what I'm looking at now is uh, what's the capacity? Because the interesting part of, if I have an algorithm that says risk on risk off, and I say and I say buy the market or buy bonds or be cash, then I know we can't move the market. It's just too big, right? So crypto is just very small still, and especially when you go to specific projects. I mean, I've seen some of the recommendations of Dins, and I just see when he does something, you see it and you see poop, spike. Yeah. And, uh, so, so yeah. All right, so let's bring, bring it back to first mover Algo Alert, which we're calling Johnny Five today. Um, you made a comment that you don't expect the share market to do particularly well from what you're seeing now in the economy and, yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Do you want to ex- put some thoughts down about why that is? Like your personal view, not what the Algo is saying, what you're yeah. seeing right now. Okay, so the moment, so there's, there's, a, there's a, my reasoning is, is based on inflation and what inflation does to the economy. And so the moment, there seems to be a, a, a sweet spot in inflation is about between 2 and 3%. And then basically the uh, economy chugs along um, and we slowly create more money, basically. But when it comes to 7%, and seven, eight, nine, ten in that direction, then people start to behave very differently. Um, suddenly, the two percent, the two percent they had, they don't necessarily go to their boss and say, "I need more money." But if they, in the beginning of the year, to the end of the year, suddenly have ten percent less salary, they say, "Hey, shit." Everything around me got more expensive, but I still have the same amount of money. So I need more salary. And then people start to negotiate for the salary. The moment inflation goes to wages, it becomes sticky. And it starts to accelerate. Because what hap- happens now, your, your the wages or the input costs are higher, and uh, the prices need to rise again. And then it becomes a spiral. And that spiral went really, really wrong in the 70s when you had the oils, the oil crisis and you had some other stuff happening uh, um, idiots putting nuclear things uh, everywhere and you know, it was not a very stable time what you see now is a disruption in the uh, energy sector in Russia yep you see, um, I don't. I don't think the 
geopolitical stability is really at risk, but that's more because I'm I'm, I'm positive by nature. Um, but I do see this this uh, upheaval in the in the uh, oil sector, plus a high inflation, plus inflation shifting to wages, that we are going to have a period of instability in the market. Because high inflationary, um, in the beginning, high inflation is usually positive for stock markets, but in the long run, it's always negative. It's, it destroys, it destroys equity. Um, so I'm because, thinking if someone's listening to this, they've got their money in a default super fund, suddenly they're going, oh, geez, it's not going to, may not make much money uh, this year. No. Um, it's not, well, it's not obvious to me. Do you think this year is going to be difficult to extract alpha from the markets hmm. in a no, passive I, kind of way? In the sense, obviously, an active trader can try and, you know, short the dips and buy the rallies and things, but um, it, it's, it's not necessarily obvious. As you say, bonds are yeah, not going to make you a lot of money. Um, where do you think alpha might appear? Yeah, like super funds are. are um, not only is there a problem that they usually have a very uh, plain vanilla way of investing, they also are so big that they cannot easily move to cash, right? So no, I don't expect I don't expect super funds to do that well. But what super funds also do is they invest in other things like uh, solar farms and. Uh, startups and scale-ups and IPOs. So they actually invest in things uh, that not are always not are always accessible for you and me. So yep. they, 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 they might they might get some stuff out of there. Um, if you look at the uh, so, so so sometimes Calumet helps to look back, right? So what would you tell yourself in two thousand? Well, in 2000, I told myself, like, oh, damn, I'm already too late for the internet, right? Everything is done. And then I was right for three years because the market went, went, went down. But no, we were late. We were early in 2000, right? The, 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 the big development came afterwards. And it's the same what I say sometimes to my wife. It's like, like our kids will be saying either one of two things, right? I just say, my dad is a genius. He, start, he started very early in crypto. Or they will say, my dad is an idiot. He spent all our inheritance in crypto and went to zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's pretty well, good. Just, just picking up, it sounds like you're a bit of a convert to crypto. You see that as the new internet then, the, the new asset class. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. I, I think. Uh, Is, do you think it's because it's not just attracting a guy like you as a investor, but as an engineer and that kind of thinking yeah. that you're building? They're building products. They're building projects. Yeah, I think so. In the beginning, I was, I was, I was skeptical, right? So uh, because, uh, like most people, they say, oh, it's only for criminals and for drugs and extortionists and. And then slowly you saw the, the, this move that people built applications on it. 
And when you look a little bit deeper into it, it's not about the applications per se. It is not about, um, I mean, the hardcore internet, um, the hardcore crypto people who say that the whole net will move to a certain different model. Um, they, they might be right at one point. They might be right that people as a species, we are going more to self-governance and self-custody. And, um, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a big chance it's going to happen. Let's put it this way. In 2016-17, I think the governments in, as a whole could put back the genie in the bottle. Now the genie cannot be in the bottle anymore. It's too big, and it's it's something that you cannot regulate away anymore. And and do you put Bitcoin at central to that asset class as the as you call them the hardcore crypto guys do? You know, so so this is this is the thing that I disagree with the crypto guys a lot with, and and every time when we uh, discuss this with with them. I at one point I have to say we have to agree to disagree. So the the hardcore crypto guys say banks cannot be trusted. People want to be their own custodian. People want to have their own money. And my argument is really why? People want to live their life. They want to raise their kids. They want to sit on the beach, have a beer in the in the in the in the in the, in the pub. Uh, with their friends they, they, they're, they're not really busy with money that much and so they rather have they rather have they, they don't, don't, don't want to be their own bank but they want to have the feeling things are more fair and that's where it starts to cross over so I think I think what will happen at one point is that there will be a hardcore group of people that want to be their own bank and be their own custodian of stuff but there will be another uh, group that will be more practical and saying, well, you can actually give your money to me and then I'll make more of it as a, as a, as a manager, but then on the blockchain. And you can see what I do because it's actually on the blockchain. And there will be a, um, a group of people that develop applications that saves actually money. I mean, the whole... Uh, I mean, I don't know if you bought a house, but the whole buying a house thing, going to surveyors to check contracts and this and mm. that, and and then checking your titles. Why checking your titles? It should be on the blockchain. It should be just there and open, right? So it, it you'll see that there was a lot of practical examples of crypto, crypto apps that we will create a lot of um, efficiencies. Efficiencies and we save money and, and we may just make it better and more transparent, right? But do I really want to be my own, own bank? Mm, don't know. Don't think so. I have a friend who's heavily invested in Bitcoin and he, he argues that it's the most trusted network and, and uh, therefore it attracts the most capital, if you like. The, the, um, so by your observations, you're not, you're not think, do you think Bitcoin's overpriced? Oh, that's a different question. The price of Bitcoin, I think. Uh, so at the, at the moment, when when I look at the um, 
the on-chain um, analysis I'm doing is enterprise. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have a level in mind when you would buy it, or would you just do you view I it buy, as a tradable I'm, thing? I'm very disciplined. I buy every month. I buy a fixed amount. I of Bitcoin or crypto? Um, I buy a fixed amount of Bitcoin. And um, so I take $500 for Bitcoin every month for the last many years. Um, and I take another $500 and I find an interesting project. <laughs> okay, cool. And so, yes, I have like, <laughs> I have a wallet with a lot of zeros in there. Uh, zeros like things went from 500 to zero because the interesting pro project was this interesting for the founders, not for me. Um, <laughs> but but there are a few big winners in there, and, and and you know that's that's why I say you know the pyramid is important. The pyramid is important. You have to keep that part, and then you know when you hit a big one, just take some money out, put it in the safe stuff, put it in your house. Well, for anyone listening to this that don't have your abilities to build an algo, mm. um, <laughs> I'd say they can subscribe to your service, of course, but mm. You, mm. in one level you're not expecting, I don't want to put it like not expecting much alpha from it because you can by using leverage and different strategies around it. I always take note of what it's spitting out too because obviously I run my own self-managed super. I see that Johnny Five is still a little bit cautious. Well, mm. that makes me a little bit cautious too. So it can, it doesn't have to be a money-making thing too. It's also uh, a market sentiment kind of yeah. uh, guide, if you like. That's that's how and I then, use it, right? So, and, and because if it spits out 100% bonds, I will say, well, yes, bonds. But for me, it's more like, yeah, it's 100% protecting itself. Yeah. So let's yeah. find ways to protect yourself. And it could be just by, by putting some options on your portfolio because you don't want to sell your equity because then you have a capital gains uh, uh, um, event, right? So it is what people do with it is always different. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, no, I, I love it. And I'm very grateful that you, you put it out there. Uh, all right. Well, um, just to sum up today then. So you're building... You've already got your Johnny Five ASX one, and I know that you have other ones that are variations on similar themes. Mm. You're building crypto. Finally, actually, I should mention you sent me an article a while back when you're in the paper talking about a a service that you're building. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that to finish? Oh yeah, yeah. So so basically, we have we have a uh, an app that uh, helps to. Um, invest into more advanced uh, strategies. Uh, it's, based, it's based on the fund. And uh, so we run the strategies, we run several algorithms and people can follow them with the app and invest with the app, which is very interesting. What's the um, app called? Oh, it's called Unhedged. 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 Yeah, some, some, some people, because of my, my Dutch accent, said, what, is it unhinged? No, unhedged. 
Um, anyway, um, so yeah, unhedged. Uh, and, uh, and do you pay to download it or does it no, come no, free? No, it's, and free then you... it's free to download and you can. So what, what uh, we have discovered is because we are the only one that shows also as a demo uh, mode. So people can actually see what we trade. So some people said, oh, why did you tell what you trade? Because I can see what you do. So we can do it on our own account. So yeah, well, yeah. Okay, you can do that. Uh, so how does this difference from... How is this different from first mover algo alert, the one that we were talking about previously? Uh, because it's it's a it's a complex of three algorithms, and so there's a momentum algorithm, and there is a uh, what they call risk parity. So it's basically a, an algorithm that looks at all the sectors in the market and then says, well, the highest chance for these sectors to overperform is this one or that one. Uh, so it, it's. Uh, it's based on the on the theory of Ray Dalio that you want to have not just portfolios of assets, uh, like most people have, but you want to have portfolios of return streams. So you want to have different ways of looking at the market. So you are looking at the market from a very, uh, for example, uh, a gold point of view. Uh, what's gold going to do? And what's the micro caps going to do? That's a great service because it's one form of return stream, but you shouldn't see these assets as individuals. You see the whole strategy as this is my expected return. Then you have your financial advisor doing a bond strategy. That's also a return stream, right? So, and the, 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 the art in investing is to combining these return streams in such a way that, that your whole portfolio becomes independent. Uh, independent from what the market does too much, but and who is the who is the audience that you, who is this suitable for this unhedged? Uh, unhedged is basically suitable for most people who who, uh, who like investing and want to try something else that is a little bit more advanced than than services that that just buys. ETFs and stuff, right? So we we just don't go to the market and say, uh, "Give me a portion of the Nasdaq and of this bond and this." We 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 actually buy the individual stocks. So we hold hold now Fisserv, we hold uh, Goldman Sachs, we hold Google. So it's U.S. market stocks. U.S. market stocks at the moment. Uh, we haven't launched uh, an Australian version of it. We're looking at it. We're also looking at the uh, to go into blockchain. So we will have a blockchain service soon this year. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really exciting. But for who is it? It's primarily for people who um, don't have the time to invest themselves, but are still very interested. Still want to have the control. Still want to have to want to see what's happening. What's the uh, feedback been? When did you launch it? Oh, we launched it just six weeks ago. We, we, we spent one and a half years building the service, so building the, the back end and the front end. And, um, yeah, so we have now about 1,200 investors, so it's really quick, actually. Yeah. And, so uh, without being too rude, how do you make money from it? <laughs> do you have, like, if you don't pay for the app, how do you get a fee off it? Yeah, so so the main the main uh, so th this is this is my passion uh, passion thing. Um, I do think the financial world is geared against 
the everyday investor. And so what we do is we try uh, to charge the majorities of the fees only when we hit a high watermark and do better than the market. So to be honest, we had a fantastic December, January and February. And then March was uh, that down. But yeah, then you don't pay fees that, that month, right? And then we have to be mm. better the, the month after or the month after. So it's... it's, uh, it's I'm just going to download it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more aligned. It's more aligned to your own incentives, right? So it's... it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's, this is really... I think when we talk about crypto and being your own bank, blah, blah, blah. It's it's the other extreme. This is more like okay, but let's first align the the incentive between money managers and clients, and if we do that at large, I think the the market would be a lot better. And I presume you've got your own money following this, hundred percent as well. I have I have ninety um, percent of all my money in it, and I, I just bought bought a house. And I still have my down payment in it. <laughs> That's how much I trust it. You bought a house in Melbourne. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I just I just waited until I could find the, the the top of the market, and then I bought. Well, you've done well. <laughs> Picked it to a take. All right. Well, thank you for coming on today. It's always fascinating talking to you. I always want to. I want to come around to your office and discover all your secrets whenever I talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have, Although I'm sure I wouldn't understand half of the blooming formulas you use. No, no, um, so we have we have like three PhDs now working for us, and um, so I gave up on on trying to to understand them. Right, so it's like, gee, that's another level of what they're doing, right? The, the machine learning and the AI. It's really fascinating. Maybe. maybe let me come along to the Christmas party or something. I'll see. I'll see what you guys yeah. are like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe we're fun even. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Alrighty, mate. Thank you for coming. And of course, if you're listening to this and you're interested in uh, Peter's work, we'll put a link in to First Mover Algo Alert. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you can download Unhedged, and I'm going to download Unhedged. See what's going on there. I've, I've sort of forgotten that you've done that project, and, and I didn't realize you had it out there already. So yeah, go and check it out. Okay. Thank you. 